0: Hello and welcome to episode 248 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. So last week we recorded on a Wednesday and so the um, the next day I had my uh, appointment with my therapist and so I was telling her about the converse, some of the conversations that we had had, particularly oh, yeah. about the, um, the whole facial thing and that... Mm-hmm you know, the fifteen step thing and that you know Process, it was all yeah. slimy and whatever and how we, we giggled and whatever. Anyways, so then she, she told me that, you know, I you're funny. I think you could be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I said I said and so I said, Oh, believe me, I know I can be funny. I said, yeah. but I can also be very not funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So there's that too. Correct. Anyways, I, <laughs> I just I laughed. I laughed when she when she said that. But like, you could, oh, and I was also talking about like seniors using uh, computers and understanding. And, and she's like, you can't make this stuff up. I go, I know. Yeah. I cannot make it up. Yeah. You know, like every time I go and I tell her something, she's like. Oh, you're kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not kidding. No. I wish I was. I wish I was. <laughs> Trust me, my life would be simpler if I were just making all this stuff
1: up. But this is this is the reality. This this is my reality.
0: This this is. Oh, my goodness. So then I went this morning because I'm getting ready to go to Canada. And I'm going to have to bring my Canada goose. And so then I went to go and get it. And the cupboard I keep it in because there's only air conditioning in our bedroom. And those coats are not in our bedroom. Um, I have, like, those dehumidifier bag things and, like, little – so the bag was completely full of water. And the thing underneath it also. And there's only three coats in that cupboard. That's it. Uh. And so I took my coat out because I was like, oh my God, if I see mold on my coat, I'm going to like, <sighs> all right, because I would, I would cry. There's like, um, I get, we get once in a while mold on the, um, Mansion. the lampshade. Yep. And, uh, some people I know have had it on their like leather boots and they're like leather coats I actually want I did have a pair of leather boots that were down there that were all covered like in white like moldy spots or whatever which I just I threw out but um yeah it's a concern it's really and it's really humid and hot right now yeah so it's really not ideal
1: which I mean you're
0: freezing I know (laughs) here it
1: like it I mean we can't really – I feel like living in the GTA, I can't really complain because we are well into January and we're only just getting, like, true winter weather now. Like, we really right. have had a, a mild lead-in, which I think is great I mean, yeah. for us, for living, it's great, but also it makes us a little bit more whiny when it comes to the winter weather, yes. because it's, you know, we've gone from, you know, plus seven to feels like negative 24 with the wind chill, you know, like it, yeah. in, in a matter of what feels like three days, you know? Right. Um, yeah. But with the cold weather also has come the sunshine.
0: Oh, we had a nice.
1: huge, long stretch of gray, gray, gray. I think yeah. I was complaining about it last week. And yeah. the last couple of days, the sun has been out. It's oh, been that's shining. Good. It's been bright. So even though it's bitter cold, it the sun shining, it does it does lift your spirits when the sun is out.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure it does. I know. I, I know last week there was like, you guys were supposed to get snow and then different Areas got snow, like you guys, I think you had a lot of rain with some. you said some slush, yeah. but yeah. then my mom, I'm talking to my mom and she's got like hardly anything or then it just rained there. They didn't yes. get any real snow. Um, cause I was worried about Phil flying from Pearson back here.
1: Okay. But Friday. here's,
0: but, but here's what's so strange. What's so, so
1: wild is, is where, where we are, we got probably, I don't know, 15 centimeters of snow and then a lot of rain uh but also like where your mom is my parents are in the same area practically nothing like there's practically no snow on the ground and then but then the uh the peace bridge crossing from fort erie into buffalo has been closed for a couple of days because buffalo had such a terrible snowstorm
0: so I, yeah. I mean,
1: it, it's just so, and like none of these places are that far from one another.
0: No, I know. And it, my dad, my dad flew out of Buffalo Saturday morning, going back to Texas. Uh, and so I woke up, and it was like I saw him on, you know, his Facebook, he been sitting on the plane for an hour, but the and his flight didn't get canceled, and he did take off. He did well, get he was, get out he of
1: was, there. He was fortunate.
0: Oh, well, I mean, it's it's a, always a gamble to fly any time in the winter, yeah. but really, when you go to Buffalo, you really—it's just an extra added. Yeah. And you've flown out of Buffalo quite a bit, so yeah. it's kind of stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It so. can be
1: for sure, just because of where it sits in in relation to the lakes and and how the wind yeah. is and. Yeah, it it's uh what, winter weather can be a, a wild time for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so anyways, I've got my hat and my earmuffs and my scarf and my gloves. I'm like you are ready to I'm go. I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to go. That's awesome.
1: Well, uh, I told you I told you a little bit about this already, Sandy. But I'm going to repeat myself a little bit for for the listeners in case they they care. Because we were talking at the end of last week's episode, we were talking about, you know, just because we've been watching You Are What You Eat, the twin experiment Mm -hmm. on Netflix. And that, you know, talking about maybe taking the opportunity to make more like veggie and vegetarian, if not vegan choices, right? Yep. And so I'd said to you that I was definitely going... My goal was definitely to not have meat at my lunches. Yep. And so one of the things that I did this uh, this past weekend to set myself up for a week of lunches that were vegetarian is I made two different pots of stews or soups that were completely veggie-based. Okay. And the first one was um a new recipe that I found online for for a Moroccan stew and I found it because I had a turnip and a butternut squash and and so I wanted so I literally looked up like butternut squash and turnip stew like I literally typed that into google and lots of stuff came up this one looked this one looked particularly great it's so delicious um I had it for lunch today and it was mm, just really delicious. I'm really, yeah. really pleased about it. It's got, uh, it's got lentils in it Okay. for, for some protein. It's got the the turnip, the squash, it's got, you know, some carrot, onion, mm-hmm. and then it's got, you know, all of the, all of the sea spices that I love so much, you know, yep. coriander and cumin and, <laughs> and, uh, and cinnamon. Oh. I mean, it's really delightful. So it's it's a it's a good time. So 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 on that front I'm doing really well. Now okay. the other goal that I said I was gonna yes. try was I was gonna try and make sure that one of the dinners that I have with Mark in the evening would also be yeah. based. <laughs> and so <laughs> today was the first attempt and it did yeah. not go well. Yeah. I ended up cooking up a chicken breast and making a chicken Caesar salad on the fly because the the veggie based dish that I made was not to his taste.
0: Yeah, but well I mean in fairness, he didn't even try it. Correct. So maybe the approach is different that you have something as a backup in case, but yes. that you serve that. Yes. And, with, yes. and without even giving the option or the opportunity to, right. you know, because some. I mean, sometimes you gotta, you know, treat, you gotta treat them like a kid. That's true. <laughs> You know, and with them, I mean, you know, I have one too, you know, it's like, <laughs> eh. like you didn't even try it yet. Oh, I, I know he really literally good. looked, he looked at it and pulled his nose up and yeah. I, was
1: here, I said, but smell it. Like it's, I said, yes. it's delicious. And he like smelled it and he, and he pulled his nose up even more and, and he's like looking. And I mean, it's this beautiful pot of vegetable curry. It's got yeah. uh sweet potato, cauliflower, spinach, oh. carrot, chickpeas, like, coconut milk oh. like it's delicious and uh, and like he looked at it and like no like it was it was just it was just a no <laughs> and so he says to me I told you this already Sandy. he says to me well you know how I like my veggies like just salt and pepper and that's it just plain and like Sandy it's true like i literally i'll do it on the barbecue or i'll do it in the oven i'll like toss them in some olive oil like like yep. salt and pepper fairly heavily and roast them up and like and he loves it so i mean maybe some of it is on me also then like maybe i should have if i were going to go go the the veggie based route maybe i needed to at least uh... prepare something the way that i know he likes it prepared anyway yeah the 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 challenge for me then is like rethinking my options like if i'm going to do yeah. roasted veggies in the oven what mm-hmm. do i put with that like yeah like for me the veggie curry makes sense because you've got this like you know, stew-like concoction that's got some mm-hmm. some chickpeas and some veggies and you can serve it over rice and it's a whole meal, right? Whereas if you, like, roast some veggies, what do you put with that?
0: Oh, well, I, I mean, if you like pot, a pasta dish, I, I did one, it was all mm-hmm. roasted there, roasted veg in the oven. It was so absolutely delicious.
1: Okay, okay. I feel like... I'll I share like, the
0: recipe. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so I, good.
1: I feel like Mark could be into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I've only made it once, but, but there was some baked penne with roasted, it's skinny taste. Oh, baked penne. Baked penne mean, with roasted vegetables. It's got cheese, like yeah. in the oven I roasted, it was asparagus, onion, um, zucchini. It had fennel, red pepper. I didn't have fennel. So I used something else that I had, but it was okay. so good. I, I feel like that. So I, I think that that was my mistake. Mm-hmm. Is that I just
1: made a vegetable dish that I know I like, and I wasn't thinking about, yeah, uh, thinking about preparing something the way that I, the way that he already is familiar with and already enjoys, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I, so I, I have one. Goal that I've met this week and one failure, but I have a plan for next week.
0: Okay, I mean, and it's it's not really a failure because you ate it. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Right. So, but so it was it it was you're progressing.
1: Correct. Correct. I mean, just just trying it out is is a step in the right direction, right? For sure. For sure. So I so I feel I like I feel good about it, but. I just felt like maybe I yeah at first I was like of course like of course this is
0: not going well but <laughs> this, this this is an example okay so I also was telling you about this Henny but yeah so I've I I think last week I was saying that I had was listening to the Martin Short book which I yes. finished okay and I and it was so delightful and at the yes. end I I was crying it was it's just lovely. Oh, anyway, nice. um, and then I had the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a book out. And so Arnold's book, which I finished today, it's, oh, I can't remember exactly the title, but it's something like seven, seven ways. It's like seven things to live by, like for your life. Okay. And so it's only six hours as an audiobook. I recommend as an audiobook because he reads it. So, right. yeah, yeah. You know, you really, but I was listening to it, listeners, and I was like sending Henny like little things, like of things he was saying, because yeah. I was chuckling because he's very matter of fact about things. And one, one, th- what, like one strategy that I've always used. Is having an option B or a Plan B, right? And anyway, so I'm listening to him, and he's talking, and he's like, and know, for if you have option B or Plan B, f Plan B, that's that you're setting yourself up to know that you won't be able to do the things that you set out to do. You've right. already told yourself you're not going to do it. You know, on and on. And so yeah. then I was like, oh. But then I thought, no, 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 this isn't the same thing applies. Because an op- option B for me I use when I am not in complete control Yeah, of a scenario, of what's happening, other people. And so for to avoid disappointment or to be able to already be thinking about how I can shift things based on other people's schedules that might change or they may be flaky yeah. or whatever, then I have that. So I can understand. Like Because at first I was like, oh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyways, I highly recommend it. He, I, I don't know. I'm not. I've never been a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, but listening to him from where he started and the met mm-hmm. the three or four different times that he has transitioned from one job or one thing to another, mm-hmm. he just is really uh, a really highly motivated person mm-hmm. really up like just lives his life he has no patience for whiners but some of the things he would say and I would just be like I just I couldn't help but laugh out loud. Laugh. yeah 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 just because you know in his in his voice like he he talked about the money he had spent on like a voice coach and an act like to get rid of his oh, accent right he said which was money not well spent <laughs> I mean I I love when
1: I love when celebrities can like be honest and poke fun
0: of, at themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. But he seems like a really like I just I someone he the the really the premise of the book was like how living your life in a way that you add value to for other people. Mm. So when you're doing things, you may be doing them for yourself, but it's not at the expense of someone else like you don't need to you're not your goal is not to be the best at something else so somebody else feels less than right right, it's, right you right. Can still be the best at but include them he said when he first started bodybuilding he said yeah. I, I would never be where I am without those other people in the gym
1: yeah. that
0: we were all trying to learn different techniques yeah. and how can we be better and, and pushing so, each other yeah, and it's, I mean, if you think about there's so many different, you know, uh, examples to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Examples yeah. of that. You know, I mean, the one was like about saving your excuses. At the end, he goes, save your excuses for someone who cares. And then he would just go on to the next <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that
1: sound like something I might say to my students? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Busy, but don't tell me you're busy. Busyness is bullshit. That's what he said. Everyone has yeah. twenty four hours in a day. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's true. It's it's all about how you choose to spend them. The,
0: and yeah, and the and,
1: challenge, and, of course, is yeah. that, like you said, with the plan B statement, right? Like, yeah, you know, I get what he's saying in that if you have a plan A and a plan B for yourself, then. You're already setting yourself up for the idea that plan A is not going to go through. However, depending on what these plans are for, if not everything is in your control, you need to have the plan B, right? And and so with this idea of like busyness too, you know, everyone has 24 hours. Sure, everyone has 24 hours. And yes, absolutely, you choose how you spend the the bulk of that time for sure, yeah. or at least a chunk of that time. But depending on your situation, yeah. you may have more time during which you get to
0: choose than others, right? Exactly. And he, and he, is, he, like, he goes through all those scenarios. He literally says, okay, so say you have eight hours of sleep and then you have, have eight hours of work. And then you have this. And he said, there's still two hours there. He said, and then he says, Oh, you want to have you want it? Well, when's my rest and relaxation? Okay, well then go. If you need that, go and have your little nap. <laughs> but it's not going to get you where you want to go. You're uh, not going to realize your dream. Anyways, I mean, oh, I can just go so on funny. and on, but he was, he was, it was surprisingly delightful
1: okay okay Surprisingly
0: delightful yeah and inf- and it was informative because like I said I don't know much about him and he talked about specific things that he's done I mean I knew he was the governor um, but mm. to see how he got there and and that and he ver- the first thing he says because I don't know how much you know but he like basically imploded his whole life with his marriage and everything, yeah, right, well, correct. By having I, the, do. I, I know. and so that, yeah. at the very beginning, he says, you all know, you could, if you don't Google it, I am not going to give this any more airtime, this is not this, my family has already been through enough, so he was very, and
1: that, very like that. good
0: about that, and at the end, thanking people, he said, he thanked Maria for 20 years, that they mm-hmm. were together and how great a mother she is and whatever and then whoever he's been with someone for 10 years so he was mm-hmm. talking he you know also acknowledged that which was which was also i thought really good it's tasteful. anyway yeah it was tasteful yeah yeah he was he was and very funny he's he's a very funny guy mm-hmm. but anyway anyways yeah now i'm gonna be on to wasteful that's the the landfill one now i've got that one Is but i thought okay i've gotta just like listen to some podcasts and catch up. Yeah, <laughs> cuz I was so far it's behind. A,
1: it's a real balance. It's a real balance <laughs> with the with the audiobook and the podcast. If you're a mm-hmm. if you're a, if you're a real listener like you listen to a lot of things, you do, there yeah. you do have to figure out like how do I get all of the listening in? And sometimes yeah. what I found for myself is I know there are certain times of the day especially when I'm where I'm more like I need to be in the mood for something, you know, like, and so I know like first thing in the morning when I'm getting ready, like that's a great podcast time. It's not as great of a, of a book time, you know, like, and so, so some, so that has helped me balance it a little bit because I've sort Mm. of paid attention to when do I, when do I want something to listen to, but I don't necessarily want to concentrate yeah yeah right mm-hmm. so i do find that that helps
0: yeah yeah no it's been it's been great because it really keeps me company like you know they've kept me company and because martin shorts was also read by him
1: yeah um I, always, I did like that it's always helpful it's always especially helpful when you're listening to an audiobook if the author especially with yeah. a memoir but if the author is the person who's reading it right yeah um I'm just thinking because you said that one of the, like, I don't know if Arnold said it or if it was sort of, that was the implied like goal, but like, oh no, I think it was one of the things you said that he'd said that, you know, that you should always be, whatever it is that you're doing, you should be doing it in an effort to improve the lives of those around you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it, it makes me think a little bit about, a podcast episode that I just listened to that you Mm. um, had said to, to me, like you have to listen to this one. It's particularly good. And it was an episode from we can do hard things Yeah. Yeah, where it's very obvious in the episode that they had planned on like, talking about something and then because of something that came like because of something that one of them said they ended up going a completely different direction um but it was a real delight because they were talking about um i mean really they were talking about asking for help and you know and and what 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 are when you ask for help of someone else what opportunity you are providing to those people to yes. to not help you I mean obviously to help you because that's what you're asking for but really what you're doing is you're offering you're offering them the opportunity to connect with you yeah and and to be a part of your world for a, a period of time right or whatever mm-hmm. right and and what a gift that can be yeah and it was just such a, a sort of an upside down way of looking at what yeah. it means to ask for help that it was really quite uh, thought provoking and eye opening to me. Like to, yeah, you know, because we are, I mean, we live in a world where, well, I mean, like Arnold said, you know, like busy busy, 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 whether that's true or not, you know, that, you know, we Mm -hmm. all have 24 hours and we seem, and, and it's almost like we're, we are rewarded if we fill those 24 Mm -hmm. hours. And if we fill it with certain things that, you know, make it look, I know, make your life look a certain way and you are responsible for all those things. And, you know, and you're independent, you're doing all of those you know, you're like the the super person, right? And so mm-hmm. we certainly are not mm, encouraged in our society to ask people to help us out with things, right? Well, because, I mean, it we- feels like... An imposition. An imposition. Yeah. It feels like... It feels like weakness. Yeah, it feels like weakness. It feels like Mm -hmm. if I need someone to help me with something, I'm not good enough to just do it myself, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas, and, and absolutely like that's the, those are a lot of the reasons why we don't ask for help, right? We don't ask for help because, um, you know, for all sorts of reasons, but mostly because there's something about asking for help that we are either ashamed about or uncomfortable with or, uh, resistant to. Right. And, and it was interesting because one, one of the women in the podcast said, you know, that, Often we say we don't want to ask people for, to help us because we don't want to put them out, but that's not actually like, that's an easy, it's an easy excuse for us to make. Like it's easy for me to say, oh, I don't want to ask you to help me with this because I don't want to put more on you Mm -hmm. because that's not actually the reason that I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to ask for help because I don't want you to, maybe because I don't want you to know that I need help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and so hearing all of that like is just sort of like uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh like I I feel all of that very uh very deeply in my core. <laughs> yeah. And so then to have it sort of flipped upside down and to have um the Abby's no, um Amanda Uh, Yeah, Amanda, Glennon's sister, um, Amanda, have to have her talk about this, you know, experience of being asked for help. And then, you know, what a gift that was for her because she got to uh, see a particular part of one of her friend's life. She got to spend time with her friend. Like she got to do these things. I mean, I'm going to say under the guise of helping, but like she was helping, but like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just a different way in. And that really, like that idea of, you know, you, when you ask someone for help, you're letting them in. Like, I think that's part of why, sorry, I think that's part of why asking for help is so uncomfortable sometimes because if you ask someone for help you have to let them in yes
0: right
1: so I've been thinking I mean I've been thinking a fair amount about that since I listened
0: yeah yeah it's and, and and she also talked a lot about how when you when you ask for help and you allow somebody in to share whatever it is because if you're asking for help it's genuinely because you need it, that there's something that mm-hmm. you need the support with and that it's a gift to you also, mm-hmm. right? That you, you feel, you feel good about being able to, to be included mm-hmm. to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, she talked about one of them, like the, the, that it was because of somebody who was sick. Mm-hmm. She had two friends, I think, one of them whose yeah. husband had been sick and the other yeah. one whose, her, her friend was, had died. Yeah. And the, the approach is very differently because the one with the husband, the, the ask was, she got phoned, she was phoned, and this isn't even someone that she spoke to on a regular basis. Right. And they, this person was very direct at what they needed from this person. This is what I need. Can you do it? Yeah. You know, it's not a wishy-washy sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. It, it was very, this is what I need. Because that often is what keeps us also mm-hmm. is that we don't, we want to do something, but we don't know what to do. And Instead of just offering something or asking directly, you know, we we leave it to the person to tell us or help us manage it. And it's really, that is not help that's actually burdening them more yeah you know and we were all guilty of saying if there's anything i could do just let me know for sure well they're not gonna let you know no no you know? yeah it's we, a plot we, of we don't let people know yeah. yeah yeah so it was i actually that's why I, I shared that one with you because i was like oh this really turns things upside down and if you can view it that through that lens it changes everything it mm-hmm. really does change things because people who are in your orbit do want to help. Mm-hmm. And even if they're busy, you just, because you know enough about their day-to-day things doesn't mean that they aren't going to want to help you, that they don't want to help yeah. you. Yeah. The, the piece with the connection really, um, also hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Highly recommend listening to that episode. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Okay. The other thing we were going to talk about was the second part of what we uh, got from listening or watching, sorry, the You Are What You Eat the, with yes. the twin experiment. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so last second- week,
1: yeah. So last week, we talked extensively about the experiment and what they found and you know, what was interesting about that. But this, there was sort of like another part of that documentary series. So if you watched it, you know uh, that in the four episodes, parts of the episode were about the experiment and parts of the episode were about agriculture in the United States.
0: Yeah, slash North America no it was absolutely south america too oh yeah because of course yeah. there's a whole section yeah.
1: about uh, yeah. the amazon rainforest for sure for yeah sure. so okay so that i, I mean they 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 to so many different experts and and what was interesting about it was that they talked to people in different areas like different fields of agriculture, right? Like, so they talked about, they talked to a chicken farmer, they talked to people who live next door to a pig farm. They talked to people who were um, mushroom farmers. They talked to, uh, they talked to a restaurateur who, you know, had Michelin star awards for his restaurant. And then one day decided, that he was going to change his entire menu and he was going to turn his restaurant into a vegan restaurant. Like, so yeah. they talk, and they talk to people at a salmon farm. Yes. They talk to people who, well, they talked to, I think we mentioned briefly last week, the, the woman who like opened a whole like cheese business to like build, mm-hmm. like to, to create vegan cheese. Like they, they talked to so many people in so many different areas and, A lot of the information, some of the information was information we've heard before. Some was brand new. All of it is alarming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So, okay. So you, you go. Okay. Well, I mean, the chicken, I think, I think there's a good um, amount of people who have watched or seen or heard something about the way that chicken is. Is how chickens are raised mm-hmm. um, in North America, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and specifically, and you know, farmers have they actually aren't they don't all they do is provide the the land and the equipment, and that these huge food conglomerates actually own the chicks, and they own the they they, they provide the feed, and that farmers make so little money off of it Mm -hmm. and the goal is to get them birds bigger faster with the least amount of feed Mm -hmm. and then farmers are rewarded for that Mm -hmm. but the result is these images of inside of these coops where there are thousands and thousands of birds that are walking all over each other that are deformed because their breasts grow so big that they, they, they can't sustain their own weight, Mm -hmm. um, that they get, there's a lot of illness. Mm -hmm. And so this one particular farmer had his, I think that the the farm had been in his family since the 1800s or something. Mm -hmm. And that he one day just decided that he'd had enough. He just, he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And he transitioned, he was growing, Mushrooms. Mushrooms. He was a yeah. mushroom guy. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. The chi- so the um, he they he
1: remodeled the chicken cubes on the inside and yeah. Then was growing
0: mushrooms. Yeah, with mushrooms. So, oh, well. and and he wasn't a young guy. I mean, he'd been doing mm-hmm. this all his life, and that's what he he said he was an unlikely, you know, uh, yeah, sort of like candidate, candidate for but, something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, he was, ta- he so was that, talking
1: that... to you, and, uh, and this is something that we've heard and, and chatted about before, that just the, the wording on things, like he was saying, you know, like when something oh, says yeah. free range, like uh, free range means that there's like a three foot or a nine foot square like spot somewhere that the chickens could go to if they outside. wanted. like. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So he he's like even like that kind of wording. He's like don't don't
0: don't fall for that. Like it just yeah. Not none of that means yeah. anything. No. No, that's I remember when we first learned about that. I was like I remember wow. too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow that's
1: shocking because of course when you read the word free range like i picture like a huge open field and like a couple mm-hmm. of little chickens like and they're so around, happy you know
0: yeah. exactly no no, no <laughs> not, not. not like that at all okay so there was so there was that okay henny you talk about the pigs well
1: the pigs i i mean this was wild because The pigs, of course, I mean, any animal, but the pigs produce a lot of waste. And so I guess on pig farms and I and I've never I don't think I've ever been to a pig farm. So I don't know this, but I guess what is common on pig farms is that they have these what they call lagoons. And so they're these huge, big pits where all of the waste just goes and and so between the waste and the whatever chemicals they use to like uh i don't know exactly what they're like to break stuff down or or whatever um it's it's like pink in color like it's it's not peptobismal pink. It's a little darker than that, but like it's it's yeah. and so when they did like an aerial view, you see these big, like in this whole farmland area, you see these little like pink pockets of and you know like every one of those is just really a uh, a lake of waste. Yeah. and 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 so they interviewed people who live beside a pig farm, and apparently the smell is horrendous. Yeah. And then then the other thing that they do is that they use this to fertilize their like other crops. And so they'll spray it over top the uh, like over top their crops if they're yeah, whatever they're growing. And and so Like the one woman who lives next door said, like, you know, between whatever time and whatever time, they can't have laundry out, like, on a yeah. hanging on the line. The kids have to come inside because, like, she talked about one time, like, the kids were out and they came in. They're like, it's raining. But, like, yeah. it was not raining. It yeah. was like this, yeah, like, matter spray. Like, oh, oh my God. It was just, yeah, real disgusting like and I mean these are the kinds of things that unless you unless you have personal experience with it I don't think you'd think about it you know like like it never of course if you have you know a hundred like I don't know how many pigs would be on a pig farm but let's say you have a hundred pigs in an area I mean I think okay I need enough, like, barn space for a hundred pigs. But, like, of course all of those pigs are going to produce waste. And, of course, that waste has to go somewhere. Like, I I wonder if because of the technologically advanced society that we live in, where Mm. many of us live in a place where all of our waste disappears. Yeah. It's not really something that we think about, or it's certainly not something that I think about, right? Because because I don't have to think about what happens when all of my waste gathers. Like, what do I do with that? Where does it go? And so maybe if I had to think about that for myself, I might, like, transfer that knowledge and think about it when it comes to a farm. But because it just, like, magically disappears, poof, it's gone, you know, I just kind of... I don't know, move on with my life. Like, I don't really think about it. And so, yeah. Ooh. until I guess you have a dog, and then you're a little more aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've got to pick up and get rid of all of that. But, yeah. I mean, honestly, these pigs,
0: oof. No, and, I mean, you see, uh, I mean, it's just mud. It's just mud. Yeah, And they're correct. in these corrals, and they're feeding like machines just going up and down, just feeding them crap. Yeah. But the other thing, honey, is that this is, this is how, because people are often like, how, how am I getting salmonella in Mm. my romaine lettuce? That's how. That is exactly how. Yes. Because it's used as fertilizer. It runs off into other crops. Yeah. And that's how that happens. Yeah. That's just that yeah. that it's, but it's a known practice. That's what's really hard to wrap your head around, you know? Yeah. That it's not illegal. Yeah. And or, I know that
1: the m- monitored better yeah. or differently or something, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. But I guess some of this is, it's quite, these were in very rural areas also, which have these the space with, with these massive, 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 and you're right. We don't think about, you know, sitting down and enjoying a piece of bacon or like really where our food comes from. No. So, so that, that was one thing. Then, then you have, uh, it was actually in Brazil that they were, cause the, the guy they were speaking to was in Sao Paulo. I had this, I did not know. Like I, I mean, I know about some of the slaughterhouses, you see some of that stuff with, with cows, but to find out that they are cutting down and eating away at the rainforest. Mm -hmm. And that even like, I don't know how many hectares they use and would, they would cut all the trees down. Then they burned all of the stumps Mm -hmm. and then they would grow grass. Mm-hmm. Or whatever that the cattle could feed on, mm-hmm. but they only use that piece of property for six or seven years. Yeah, and then they move on to another one, but they yeah. don't do anything with that. It's just fallow land. And I mean, yeah, you go to Brazil, Argentina, it's they're very it's a beef with everything. I mean, they just eat beef. Mm-hmm. But the biggest export the, all of the 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 biggest consumer of the beef is the USA correct correct that's the thing right like it's very easy
1: to be judgmental and to say like well then they should stop eating beef well okay but <laughs> it's not actually like like if you look percentage wise yeah who's consuming the most it's not those countries
0: no no and the thing is with those countries where this has been, uh, f- I mean, anytime you go somewhere, wherever the product is actually grown or farmed, it's usually cheaper because there's, this, there's, an ab- there's an abundance of it, right? Correct, correct. The problem is, is that now when you can, with exporting stuff, mm-hmm. is that this is when things get really ramped up mm-hmm. and we see what the environmental impact is the biggest impact though it's not even just that they're doing that mm-hmm. is the emissions like the greenhouse gases that come off of these animals yeah it, it makes you well it
1: just makes you so much more aware of and it's like you said it's the it's not i mean Anytime we're talking about a worldwide issue, that's that's part of the reason why worldwide issues are so difficult to tackle because they're uh, they're so vast and they're so mm-hmm. big, and it's n- and it's never one thing that is causing the problem, right? And yeah. so it's always multiple things, right? And so
0: uh-huh.
1: you know, but I think certainly if you are uh, you know, a small farm that's producing food for, you know, a community, you know, I I mean, I think small farms who produce food for a community have existed for many hundreds of years. Yes. You know, far, far longer than we've seen this, like, intense increase of carbon dioxide and greenhouse mm-hmm. gas emissions, right? So, so it's, it really comes with the industrialization and the export of, yes, uh, you know, of goods that it's all of a sudden become uh, a, well, it's a business, right? To, yes. instead of, instead of growing to feed a community or growing to feed a family, now it's growing to sell as much as you can to make as much as you can right like it's it's a completely different uh, purpose and motivation and because of that the practices are different Mm -hmm. and the result is different too
0: well yeah and it's it's multi-layered so it's not it's not just as easy as saying well stop you know cut the supply off that you're to ship to them Mm-hmm. Well, it's not as easy as that, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. But that that I that shocked me. That really did shock me. The the pig feces being used like that like that also shocked mm-hmm. me. Um, and, and what then about the, the salmon? The salmon really. I said to Phil, I will never buy a farm salmon again. Mm-hmm. Not knowingly will I have farm salmon. Now I've seen a lot of fish farms Mm -hmm. in different countries. I have seen salmon before, but that was like, uh, it was in Asia Mm. and they were very small little things. This was not, and they were in freshwater. This was not the farms that we saw on this show, which were, I'm not sure if they were in an ocean or if they were in a lake. I don't know if they were, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But they had, They had them, and they had so many fish in these small Mm -hmm. wire tank Mm -hmm. netting things. Mm -hmm. The amount of feces just Mm -hmm. that the fish were giving off Mm -hmm. affected not just the quality and the health of the fish that were in there, but also the the fish and the marine life outside of it because it's just feeding into everything. Mm -hmm. And so even the like salmon that, uh, that naturally were, um, you know, using that water to, as its pathway, Mm -hmm. they were also being affected and the population of them was decreasing because they were dying. Yeah, but that I mean the thing is, like with a salmon run, is there's a lot of other. I mean, they're part of the the whole like ecological food chain. Like of course, because that's why then you have bears in communities that are hungry because there's no salmon for them to get, mm-hmm. and then they're coming into residential areas mm-hmm. because they're hungry. You know, it's just the the knock the knock off um, effect was shocking but when they cut the fish open and and they saw the inside i was like and i you know so we have salmon every sunday here i love salmon. yeah no and to find out that pinker the salmon the more uh the better the price you get for it right that this dies yeah oh come on to color the meat
1: because they know that consumers are looking for a pinker, a pinker meat, this sort of stuff, like, I, honestly, when I hear stuff like this, I just, I don't understand how this kind of stuff
0: gets past regulation. I I don't know either. Like, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, oh my goodness me. Mm-hmm this is this is wild mm-hmm yeah I mean it's, Phil and I we talked a bit of, he hasn't watched it yet he's going to watch it and I I was telling him you know with the the beef thing and we like he said well we don't eat nearly the amount of beef that we used to eat right and it's and it's true we don't yeah, yeah. but we also live somewhere where there's a, it's more seafood and so we do right. eat a More when we go out, we often are eating seafood. We do we order once in a while? We'll order beef. Mm -hmm. I don't. I I like pork. The only thing, I mean, maybe like a ham cold cut, like right once in a while, and bacon once in a while. I don't like the pork here. I find it very salty, so it's it's not not something I like. But I do like a good like bone in ham. Yeah, you know, like I, I like the 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 taste of it Um, but the salmon was something that was like okay we need to really find out where the salmon is coming from making sure we're buying our salmon from from a place that's trustworthy
1: it was uh, I I mean you just it's, it's
0: like with
1: with anything it's like the more you know the more you realize you don't know yeah yeah but uh, but it was overall, the documentary series was incredibly well done. It was very it was highly entertaining,
0: yes, I agree
1: and uh and I would definitely recommend it, yeah, to folks, to folks. the the other part that we haven't really talked about other than mentioning was this uh the restaurant tour who decided oh, to like oh, yeah. change his...
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he
1: so he took over. He was the head chef. He took over the restaurant, a restaurant in New York City, yeah. and
0: had three Michelin stars. I think. Uh, yeah, he worked as like that was his goal. Well, he was French, I think, right? He, I think it was the pandemic that that's when he changed the menu. Yes. And so the they closed, closed, they closed the restaurant down.
1: Yeah. And then when they reopened, it was going to be an all vegan menu. And, and people were v- like, they really tore him apart in the news.
0: Well, because he, they, you know, and they said, well, you've, I mean, he'd worked all his life to get to that point to mm-hmm. be able to have this restaurant. And then to, um, drastically change a menu like that was taking a big risk but he personally felt that he needed this is something he needed to do and so with someone who is at the with the reputation and the people that he had working for him there was a he felt that he really had an opportunity to showcase yeah. how you can have fabulous tasting food and it be you know, with no plant or sorry, no, no, um no animal base at all. The problem was he still wanted to, he's still charging the same amount of money. And so people were like, how can you be charging? And I'm not sure. It's called 11 Madison Avenue or 11 Madison Park. Yes. It's, it's a three Michelin star restaurant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because when they reopened, they were very, like, people were very skeptical that this, that people were going to come, that people were going to be willing to pay that kind of money, that people were going to enjoy this type of food. Yeah. And then he got three Michelin stars
0: with his vegan restaurant also. He did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, he knew that he could have lost everything. Yeah. And he still sells out. Like, he's still booked right out. You know, it did not negatively impact or affect his his business no it was was like a
1: a a real interesting and fascinating success story
0: was it was yeah but you're right they did there was also um the cattle he he had a a grass-fed cattle farm He's the guy that went to the, to the Michelin That's star restaurant, the vegetarian, the vegan one. Yes. Is he not? Yes, he was. Yes. And then felt compelled to write a glowing, like an actual email or message yeah. to, to the, to the chef and said, may find yeah. this very odd. Like I'm from, he was from a very small, small town in like, I don't mm-hmm. even remember what state it was, but that he was a farmer, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And he himself was eating less beef, less meat. Correct. Yeah. It was very, it was just, it's thought provoking. That's it.
1: So many things to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, just going to start listening to that book, The Wasteland One. Mm. Oh, which is also just going to, the thing is, Henny, is that we watch and listen to these things. And and Mm. then what do we do about it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. like that's that's the challenge. And this is like I just on the heels of listening to Arnold. it's like you have the information and then you don't do anything about it. Mm, yeah,
1: I mean, I think that that is not a hundred percent true, though, because you have the information. and the first thing, so the first thing is that you get the information, right? I think that's one step more than what others are doing necessarily. Mm. Um I think the next thing is that we talk about it extensively like with each other but also yeah. in a forum where a handful of other people are going to hear it.
0: Yeah. You know, that's
1: like, certainly certainly we're not reaching out to, you know, many. Like, yeah. You know, but but I mean some like s- someone else is hearing what we're saying. And And then that sparks conversation. and that sparks conversation, right? Yeah. And then and then they have conversation with other people. and and so I think yeah. even if nothing, even if no action comes from conversation, I think conversation is something. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that I think where where we feel compelled and where we can, we do try to do, to take little steps towards things that are you know for improvement right like Mm. and maybe it's being thoughtful about you know the ordering that we're doing online and making sure that we're not uh you know ordering things that are you know so so that we can you know prevent that sort of packaging Mm -hmm. from happening maybe it's you know trying to sneak in a vegetarian meal every you know once a week you know like like I think those and 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 absolutely they are minuscule things like they are such tiny little things but every person who's doing every like every every one person who does one tiny thing is a, a, a little bit better than no one
0: doing anything that's
1: true. That you, I, I have right. to. I have to believe that.
0: Yeah, you're. You're right. Right, you're right. You reminded me by saying about ordering online. And last week I'd said I'd done all this ordering, <laughs> and I that was wasn't happy to I say. Was thinking of
1: though, I was. I, know. Thinking, I was thinking more of Amazon,
0: but <laughs> I. Well, I was so happy, 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 happy to know that I had I two bathing suits. I mean bathing suits are the worst amazing and two of the bathing suits you ordered are perfect yes and i'm I like okay okay this is this is this is like progress okay this ordering online thing is okay sometimes you know it is. anyway it is. It i do is. have to return some things but they are not going back into the mail they are going to the store yes. while i go there so i will just use my car instead of using like <laughs> this is the thing i, I <laughs> know i know oh. i know i know
1: but At least being aware of it is something, you
0: know? That's true. That's true. And you're right. You know, we, we discuss it when we discuss things and other things make connections or we think about Mm. different things and it sparks conversation. So that's very true.
1: Well, hopefully, uh, our listeners are, are thinking and rethinking and, um, you know looking to see what kind of changes they might make or maybe listeners have ideas for changes that we should be making yes <laughs> and we're open to those we're open for to sure those. let us That's know if, if there's something that you're like oh well you know what they could be doing yeah. <laughs> i mean let us know yeah for sure for sure We'll noodle noodle on things i, gonna, say, I won't commit to anything but us. i'm no. happy to hear it <laughs> yeah exactly exactly all right well sandy this was a really great chat as always yes thanks for uh
0: thanks for chatting with me a little bit later than usual yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for fitting me into your busy day. And um, oh, nice. I'm very excited because next, next time we record, I will be at your house. Yeah, will uh, be in person. Day. It's very exciting. So um, I will say goodbye. And to everyone, thank you for listening. Miss Henny. thank you. The next time I see your face, it will be when you open the door when I arrive at your house. Yay! Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> me too. All, <laughs> All right. right. Good night. We'll talk to you later. Good night. Bye. Bye.